These video Bible classes are brought to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas. Have your Bible ready, 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. We are reading what came from the mind of God through the Apostle Paul to Timothy and for our learning today. Paul is nearing the end of his life, but anxious to write these final words to the young evangelist Timothy, to whom he is passing the torch. 2 Timothy 2, 8 through 13. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Now, it will help us in our thinking and our living, and it will keep me on task in my preaching to never let this truth slip away. Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David. Jesus had many valuable things to say about relationships with people and how to resist temptation, how to worship, how to be responsible in life, but he was more than just a good teacher of valuable practical lessons, though he was that. His use to us as a teacher would be limited if he were still dead. The gospel message always tells the sinner of Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, who was the one promised in the Old Testament, the offspring of David. Now, at first sight, the command to Timothy to remember Jesus Christ may seem even odd. I mean, how would Timothy ever forget him? Yet, the human memory is notoriously fickle. It was said of Israel, they soon forgot. The devil is at work against the Lord's cause in many very subtle ways, and one of his key purposes is to gradually turn our hearts away from Jesus Christ, to focus on some human religious leader or just the world with all of its trinkets and attractions, some form of temptation that Satan customizes to you. Satan wants us to gradually forget about Jesus Christ, and Satan works toward that end very slowly and deliberately. So this says, 
remember Jesus Christ. And part of this is doing what God commanded in taking the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. We are remembering him who died for us and was risen for our justification. If Timothy is to guard the deposit, he must keep Jesus Christ front and center in his preaching, his teaching, and his life. Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the true offspring of David. In all of Timothy's activity, preaching, living, praying, suffering, enduring, he must remember Jesus Christ. And we must as well. Who Jesus is, what he said, what he did, his death, burial, resurrection, his ascension to heaven where he is now. All of that we must never let slip from our minds and our lives. Verse 9, For which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Because Paul remembered Jesus Christ and preached Jesus Christ and was a follower of Jesus Christ, he suffered hardship and was put in prison, bound with chains as if a criminal. Now, here is something that has always been true. Even back in the ages before Jesus coming and Paul's preaching, you can lock up people and kill people and stop people, but you cannot lock up the word of God, kill it, or stop it. I've often used this illustration. Suppose something really tragic occurs in the nation and all Bibles are confiscated and burned. Preachers are put in prison or executed. That would not stop the gospel. The survivors would remember. It is written on the hearts of believers. Good people would write it down again. You can lock up people and kill people and stop them, but you cannot lock up the word of God, kill it, or stop it. Enemies can stop the messengers, but they cannot stop or crush the message. One of the Reformation leaders used to sing, The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. We take great confidence in this. The message cannot be chained or crushed. So here's the way our text begins. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God <clears throat> I'm sorry, the word of God is not bound. Verse 10 is a clear, firm purpose statement. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus 
with eternal glory. This is where we ought to remember Paul's condition, his circumstance. He's in prison. He's awaiting execution. But with sincere determination of heart to write to Timothy to pass the torch, to awaken the young man to his convictions and zeal. This was Paul's purpose, even to the very end, for the sake of the elect, that's God's people. Paul wanted people to hear the gospel and obtain the salvation that is in Christ to eventually receive eternal glory. So these phrases give the reason why Paul was willing to wear those chains. Paul preaches and writes and lives in Christ, not just his own eternal benefit, but for God's people and so that sinners can hear the message. It is another case of glory through suffering that is a repeated theme throughout the New Testament. The next part of this is intriguing, rich in instruction, certainly, but with a dimension of intrigue. Verses 11 through 13, 2 Timothy 2, 11 through 13. The saying is trustworthy, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Now, here's the interesting part of this. It is believed by those who study early Christian literature in transmission of the text that this was probably a part of one of the hymns Christians used. Part of the evidence for that lies in the way this is written. Two pairs of epigrams, which are general axioms of the Christian life. This is the way they wrote hymns or poetry in that era. There is line one, line two, line three, and line four. And each line contains an affirmation about Christ, and alongside that, the benefit for us or a consequence against us, depending upon how we live. Let me say that again. Each line here contains an affirmation about Christ, and alongside that, the benefit for us or a consequence against us, depending on how we live. This was likely a hymn used by Christians. Now, let's leave the literary discussion now and get to the meat of this. Line one, if we died with him. The book of Romans chapter six teaches, we die with Christ in baptism. We join him in that atoning death to have our sins forgiven. Well, if we died with him, the promise is we will also live with him. Simple. Dying with Christ in baptism, living with him after baptism. Even in denominational commentaries, you'll find statements like this. 
most agree that this first line refers to the believer's baptism and the new life that follows. So if the, the hymn suggestion is correct, this tells us Christians sung about their salvation, beginning with baptism. Line two is the first phrase in verse 12. If we endure, we will also reign with him. This ties into the context because Paul was enduring hardship, calling upon Timothy to endure hardship. If Christians take on the hardship, suffer for the cause by faith, they reign with Christ. That's an image of victory with the king. This is important for us to ponder and examine ourselves about because we know that we live in a comfort-prone society. Generally today, people want comfort and convenience, no suffering, no hardship, give me comfort. Christians have to endure pressure and hardship, but toward this good assured end, we will reign with him. Line three, if we deny him, he also will deny us. Well, this is plainly a statement about judgment. If we do not endure, if we cannot take it, if we wind up like Phagellus and Hermogenes, Christ will deny us. He will say to those who have denied him and remain impenitent, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Matthew 7, 23. Then line four in this hymn. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. No matter what we choose to do, good or bad, faithful or unfaithful, Christ remains true perfect, pure, faithful. We may change, he doesn't. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One primary idea in this text is, these are things you can count on. This saying is trustworthy. This is objective knowledge framed in the promises of this poem are song. God is consistent in his character. Jesus is the image of that consistency and perfection. So this is trustworthy. From God through Paul to Timothy, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. 
Let's go to some wrap-ups. Before we go further, some wrap-ups. Looking back, let me pause the video and pull up my wrap-ups. All right, I'm back now, and here is the slide I was fumbling for just a moment ago. Wrap-ups. Looking back over the first 13 verses of 2 Timothy 2, the Apostle Paul seems to be hammering home a single lesson about the discipline of faith that equips us to have endurance. The analogies that we looked at last time, soldier, athlete, farmer, all three involve hard work and endurance. The experience of Christ and Paul suffering, and then the Christian who only through endurance can share victory with the king. At least a primary concern in all of this is the discipline of faith that equips us to have endurance. We have that and we develop that through Christ who strengthens us through the activity of our faith in him. That's in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. We should not, therefore, expect everything about the Christian life to be easy, but rather there should be an expectation of suffering, but suffering that takes us to glory. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we settle into the comforts of this present world and demand an easy, convenient, pain-free existence, how will we do under pressure of persecution or unexpected tragedy? There should be an expectation of suffering which should be met with the endurance and courage of faith. We must keep Christ at the center of everything. His deity, his authority, his love, his teaching, his promises. Everything we believe, teach, and do must be centered in him. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, Paul said, as preached in my gospel. And there is in this passage the immutability of God that God is faithful and Christ is unable to deny himself. Something you can study further in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from God, and Hebrews 6, verses 1 through 6, the immutability of his counsel by which it can be said, God cannot lie. 2 Timothy 2, 8 through 13. Come back and be with us next time. Thank you for viewing this video.